and I, I know that a listener right now can relate. When you're interested in doing something and that's what you're thinking about, you want everything. You're I mean, hungry. I, I, I put in every possible search term for YouTube. No one else was making content that we <laughs> haven't seen. Trisha might be like, hey, look here, look at this family. They're doing it. And I'd be like, ah, oh, no, we've seen that too. So it was like an obligation that if we were going to start this, that we were going to chip in. Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 103. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs. I'm recording today's episode from Nashville, Tennessee. We're parked at a lakefront campground on a little peninsula, and we're actually shooting a little video with Camping World today, so I'm awkwardly being shot on film while I'm recording this podcast today, so that's kind of funny. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Mark and Trisha from Keep Your Daydream. Mark, Trisha, and their three kids have been traveling across the country for a year and a half, and what we dive into is what initially inspired them to hit the road and how they transitioned their two businesses into being fully remote and why after six months, what they initially planned to travel across the country turned into a long-term lifestyle. There's a couple of reasons I really love Mark and Trisha's story. One is just the conversation that they had with their kids while they were preparing to hit the road. They were living a very suburban lifestyle, and they basically just started watching a bunch of YouTube videos of people traveling the country in RVs and on sailboats and just caught the travel bug. And they realized they didn't want to be complacent in what they were doing. They wanted their kids to have an adventure. And they wanted to live an adventurous life. They wanted to keep their daydream, which is the name of their YouTube channel, which has over 60,000 followers now. And another reason I love their story is just how they position their service-based business before they hit the road to be something that they could operate and run remotely. So how they scaled back their time and essentially productized their services before hitting the road. Support for today's episode is provided by Passport America, the original 50% discount camping club and something that has saved Alyssa and I hundreds, if not thousands of dollars over the past few years. Participating campgrounds will give you a 50% discounted rate for your stay, which is insanely awesome. Plus, they have an easy-to-use app that lists out nearly all Passport America locations. Considering a nightly rate for a campground could be anywhere from $25 to $100 or more per night, you can literally make your money back from using Passport America the first time that you use it. To receive three extra months on your first year's membership, go to PassportAmerica.com and use the discount code RVE. All right, that's all for the sponsors. Let's get into today's show with Mark and Trisha. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Mark and Trisha from Keep Your Daydream, a popular travel blog, podcast, and YouTube channel. And it all started with watching RV travel bloggers on YouTube, which inspired a six-month road trip in an RV. And a year and a half later, we all know that story. Mark, Trisha, and their three kids are still traveling and living a life of adventure. And now they are the ones inspiring others to join the lifestyle. Thank you guys for being on the podcast. Wow, that was fantastic. I like it. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> we are thrilled to be here. You're doing so many great things in the RV community. We're just happy to contribute. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pumped. It's kind of funny because we were talking about right before this. I'm just blown away by the amount of content. Like you guys have a podcast, you have a blog, uh, and y'all are producing YouTube content. We You talked about you have a couple different businesses that you have run uh, before you guys hit the road. And I'm assuming there was a transition point in getting on the road. So I'm just like... Uh, I was joking around with Mark before we jumped on, Trisha, via Skype, but it's like, I think you guys are living in a parallel universe where there's like 40 hours in the day, or you just have tons <laughs> of like outsourcing, or or you're just crazy, crazy productive, and I just want to sit and talk to you for an hour about how to get things done. 
Well, I wasn't overwhelmed until you put it like that. Now, <laughs> now I'm pretty now stressed out, actually. Now I'm stressed out. Well, looking at y'all stuff makes me stressed out because I'm like, man, they're just pretty. I, I just I know what how much goes into creating content, and uh, we have a lot of friends who who do YouTube, and it's one thing for us has just been. Uh, there's so many different content mediums where you can kind of pick and choose like, oh, I'm going to put my flag there or I'm going to create audio or I'm going to create video or I'm just going to write blogs because I enjoy writing. But with all of our friends who have done YouTube, it's it's been a literally a full-time job for at least one or both of them. Usually it's like a couple who's doing it. So I just know that uh, you guys and, and all the work that has went on behind the scenes. So just want to say congrats and I'm glad to see it panning out and so many people following you guys and as part of your community. It's really cool. Thank you so much. Well, making everything puts a smile on our face when we're not, you know, like, ah, we got to get this done. But when we get to look back, even this week, Mark was, you know, putting together the initial opening of the video. And I got to see my son and I chatting about a waterfall and we were talking about erosion. And, and like, it's like an out-of-body experience to see everything come together. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even remember that part. So we get rewarded in so many ways ourselves and with the community of amazing people that are, you know, just chiming in and giving us tips and giving us moral support. It's just really cool. Which is the community is the only reason why we've continued to do it as long as we have. Yeah. It's just been so rewarding to share the journey and then get the emails and have people comment that what they're doing now because of our our journey and our adventure, that's that's really been the biggest payoff for us. I love it. We we really have a democratized travel channel available to us via YouTube travel vloggers because I was talking about somebody talking about this earlier with somebody or yesterday uh, with Bus Life New Zealand who I just interviewed on the podcast and they're traveling around New Zealand in a converted bus and it's essentially you know because they're they're doing some stuff on Patreon and I know you guys are too uh, and I know people have you know different viewpoints of funding. Uh, creatives on Patreon. Some people are like, oh, I'm not, why would I pay to travel? Those maybe like the naysayers. But then for the most part, it's like, you know, for the longest time we've paid, you know, for cable and satellite and things like that for travel channels and, and to pay for this entertainment. And essentially you guys are providing amazing entertainment for people and people want to support that and, and they want to go deeper with you guys and get to know you guys. So I think it's just kind of an interesting opportunity that is available for people as content creators right now. Yeah, you bring up a good point with Patreon, and we had a little bit of mixed feelings initially, but the, really what the reason we created the Patreon account was because of the community. We wanted to be able to create a community where we had a two-way relationship. We wanted the ability to follow uh, our the people that enjoyed our channel. We wanted to have the opportunity to follow them back and provide help along the way. So it was really a way for us. It was It's really a tool for us to build a deeper relationship with our community and and I think any any creator knows when the community gets really large it's wonderful because it's kind of like wow this is really great but with growth and with a larger audience comes some you know interesting drawbacks you you're more exposed you 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 know we get a lot of we get a lot of crazy Just comments and and as a creator you read the comments and you start to question you know should we really be doing this or should we be sharing so much and so patreon is really much more of a tool for us and the way we have it set up it's it's really to create a deeper relationship where we have a, a more intimate relationship with our community on our facebook page so that's kind of how we've taken it off and wow has it completely exceeded our expectations i, I mean now patreon is giving us the ability to be thinking about season five six and seven which is just astounding yeah and i love that you guys have done seasons and i looked on your patreon page and it's something like thirteen hundred dollars a video and i know that patreon has their fees on top of that so it's not like all that goes directly to you guys 
Uh, and so there's different elements of that than you have, but it's really almost like a membership community as you, as you, um, cause you guys have services and, you know, different layers, unique content that you're providing for people. And I, I want to get kind of get past Patreon, but I, I just think it's kind of an interesting opportunity and it's a really cool thing. You know, like you're able to inspire people, create really cool content with your family. You can always look back on these videos that you guys are creating and also like that y'all did it in seasons. What was kind of the thought process with that? Well, you know, we set out for that first six month trip and (laughs) that was so cool. And we're like, you know, once your mind expands, you can never go back. Right, Heath? You know this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you're changed forever. And so we're like, okay, how do we do the next thing? And then and then we said, why don't we ask everybody what we should do? And um, and we said snow or Mexico. And it was pretty overwhelming. People wanted us to go to Mexico. Mm. And so we're like, well, we'll call that season two Mexico. And then after Mexico was over, then, you know, lo and behold, boom, 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 that's the way it built. But, um, you know, there had to be a way to say, this is what we're doing for this set amount of time. And then that was how we could tackle, you know, North America is a big place. (laughs) So how do you tackle a certain space and say, we're going to do this in this amount of time. And then we're going to go back because uh, we're from Arizona. So we'd like to come back and we have our moms here and we want to be able to give them big hugs in the flesh and not always be like, Hey, look at all this stuff (laughs) we're doing. We want to come back and enjoy our family too. So uh, that's how we were able to just dissect that and make it work for us. But there was the six month trip was kind of strategic also. And, and this might contribute to someone that is thinking about doing something like this. We had never really RV'd a day in our life prior to leaving for that six month trip. In fact, we bought an RV and we went on one trip to Sedona just to make sure we had like we knew how to hook up before we left. And I didn't even want to go on it. Mark goes, we should do one trip just to like make sure we know how to do everything. And I said, no, I don't want to go. He goes, what are you talking <laughs> about? You don't want to go. I said, because I don't care if it works or it doesn't work. We're going. <laughs> mm. So I didn't want any room for like, you know, when you have three teenagers, there's a lot of opinions. Right. So I'm like, I just want to go and we're going to figure it out. And Mark goes. Trish, I don't know how to dump the sewer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I need to like, I need to do it once. I need to like hook up one time so we can at least order something on Amazon. But um, anyway, so, you know, there was a good chance, at least with some of the doubt and some of the disbelief that was starting to happen as, you know, you get a little bit more nervous and the fear starts to creep in the closer to this launch date. And so we didn't want to be in a situation where if it was just totally miserable that mm. we were going to come back like inside six months and have everyone go, oh, did you hear Mark and Trish? You know, they're back. You know, mm. they came back only after six months. It did, <laughs> didn't work out. And so, you know, compare that to, you know, we thought we could do anything for six months, compare that to, hey, they set up for six months and they did it. Big success. So we we kind of set ourselves up for success by defining what we were going to do. And then, you know, as it happens, it's been like 18 months now. But that's that was kind of the, the reason behind that first season. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I would think with three teenagers, first of all, props to, you know, get in the road and, and hit the road with three teenagers. But I would think like, and I don't know this for sure. You guys may have been doing lots of different adventures, but I know at least when I'm one of three boys and when we were at that age, like we were kind of pretty settled as a family, kind of doing the typical routine. And I would think if we, if my parents would have come to us uh, or we, if we were as a family unit decided that we were going to go do some type of trip like this, that we would face a good bit of, you know, really? Like you're doing what? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Does that, did that happen at all to you guys? Yeah, well, here's the thing. 
we pulled the old bait and switch. We didn't know we were doing it, but we did it. So we really want to go sailing. So we joined and we had this sailboat situation out in San Diego and we were sailing and we told Tori, who is our oldest, she's now 17. We said, hey, one day we want to sail. And, and, but it was never like real, real. And so we went out for a weekend and she turned to me while we were on the boat and she said, if you ever want to do this full time, I'm totally in. <laughs> I love it. What? What? <laughs> I mean, what high schooler says that, right? Yeah. So, um, I like, I literally like, I think I lost a breath. So later I told Mark, this is what Tori said. So we were like in a hot mess trying to figure out, okay, how could we do it? How could we change our business model? How could we da 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 And then we were like, if we're going to make this happen before she leaves for college, it's not going to be a sailboat. It's going to have to be an RV. And so anyway, so we changed and we went in that direction and we say, hey, what do you think about this? And she was like, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, and so we did it and I just can't even believe the things we've seen, the things we've done. And, and so anyway, and we even asked the kids this morning, you know, I'm sure they're going to ask us, <laughs> Heath is going to ask us, you know, uh, what are the kids opinions about going? And Caleb said, well, it's hard some days, but it's pretty awesome. Mm, I love it. Well, I mean, what, even sailing, what was the inciting incident? Like what was happening in y'all's lives? that you were all of a sudden like, you know what would be cool, you know, just selling it all and going to live on a sailboat, sailboat. Like what, what kind of implanted the, the seed of nomad, nomadicity, nomad going to be, (laughs) whatever, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Nomadicity is good though. Um, (laughs) I think there's, I think that's a two part answer. The, the, the real answer is Trisha's podcast, keep your daydream. You know, she's interviewed over a hundred people that have kind of done something similar to what we've been doing. And I think on episode 65 is when we made the decision to do to do this. And that's because we were hearing story after story where people were basically keeping their daydream. They were living their daydream. They had fewer obstacles, fewer resources than we had, but they were doing it. And so I think finally we were like, we have to do this. But to answer your question, what created us or what was kind of the impetus between creating the podcast and starting down this path? And that is that, you know, we've been self-employed for about 14 years and we've had some big successes and we've had some big failures. But I think we've been doing it long enough. I just turned 40. We've been doing this long enough to know that things weren't changing. We were just going after the next thing and and the houses were getting bigger and the cars were getting better, but nothing was really changing. And, And we've had enough iterations of that where we realized that it was great because we were hitting the mark in terms of a goal, but it wasn't personally fulfilling. It wasn't personally satisfying. And I think the tipping point for us was that the vacations were exactly the same. Like we would go to the exact same spots on the exact same dates. And that's when Trish and I said, why don't we do something different? And I think the first thing we did is we went to California. We figured out how to do it for a month. And then things just kind of like, they started growing. They, they grew arms and legs. And, and, you know, we were, I was interviewing someone and they said, well, first we got a van and then we got an RV and da, 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 da. And I turned to Mark afterwards because, you know, I would record it and then Mark would edit it and we'd sit down together and we'd listen to these stories. Like, so I not only was interviewing someone, but I was listening to it again. So, I mean, it was deep in our psyche, right? And I'm like, if they did that with fewer resources than we have with, you know, that was, that took a lot of courage. And so are we being courageous enough? Are we jumping far enough? And are we making enough sacrifices? Because the truth is we were living a very like comfortable life. And, you know, when our kids were on 
doing a great job and we were doing a great job and we were quote unquote successful. And just like Mark said, we've had previous failures and previous successes. Everything wasn't perfect, but, um, we were like, we need to try harder. We need to do, we need to make bigger sacrifices and make this happen as quickly as possible. I guess all of that rolled up to this concept where we realized that our idea of what we wanted to do, like our daydream was like this perfect thing. It was like the perfect boat or the perfect RV, the perfect scenario, the perfect whatever. And we realized that the reason this is taking so long is because it had to be this idea that we had. And we finally just decided through listening to the podcast, we finally decided let's just give up perfect and let's just do what we can do. And we literally went out and bought a 28 foot RV that my current truck could pull and we left. We said, what can we do right now with the resources we have right now? And Mark's like, these are the three rigs I can pull with the current truck I have. And I was like, that one looks fine. Let's do this. Let's <laughs> no, I, I love that. Going back to the podcast. So what was the inciting incident for that? Like, why did you start interviewing and having conversations with these people and call it Keep Your Daydream? Well, we were out with a friend in Lake Powell and he said... I have these friends and they pick a different country every year to live in and he speaks for a living and she does something online. And, um, and I said, wait, what, what, what did you just say? <laughs> and he said, well, they, they own like four suitcases. They pick a different country. They're not allowed to bring anything else. And then they just live there for the year. They learn the language. They figure out how to, you know, cook, they do the whole thing. And I was like, I just literally laughed out loud. I mean, I was like, it's, I didn't even, I mean, I was deep in suburbia. Heath. <laughs> I was deep, okay? So anyway, I was like, oh my gosh. And then I let that simmer. And then we heard another story. And then we started watching Delos. And I was like, these people are doing things that I want to do, but I'm not going to do them until I'm like 65 years old. My kids are grown. They're not going to have the experience with us. And what am I waiting for? Why am I why am I saying it has to look like this? Mm. Is that because I need to make sure that it looks good for other people? And and so we really just like I said, we said what could we start sacrificing? What could we start like living without and just make things happen instead of waiting for things to come together cuz I know you know this, nothing comes together. <laughs> That's the biggest lie we tell ourselves is that, oh, this will all like come together someday. It doesn't. You have to make it happen. And it it might be a little sloppy at first. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I struggled with that. I struggled with that this morning. I'm like, literally one of our outlets wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So I'm making coffee on the floor with the, with the <laughs> one working. I have to figure out the thing. And there, it's dark. I don't want to wake up the kids because I'm going to go for a hike. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is driving <laughs> Us. But, you know, it, just because it's sloppy doesn't mean that it's not amazing. Well, getting back to George and SB Delos, which is a sailing channel on YouTube, the podcast. So if you had the podcast, you could interview them. So Trisha really started as like an experiment. Like, let's go start a podcast. Let's go gleam their insights and their experiences mm -hmm. so that we can go learn from them. I think Delos was the third episode. George Walter, who's the guy that lives, he and his wife live in a different country every year. I don't know. They're like in the first five episodes. Yeah. And so... It just started. So the podcast started and well, and then when you have the paradigm shift, right? So like your mind has changed, but your surroundings haven't changed yet. And you're like buzzing mm -hmm. and like people are like, what is going on? I can see <laughs> it, right? And you're like, I don't need this anymore. I don't need that. Yeah. Mark and I were bringing literal Tupperwares that were like 50 pounds each of books that we owned that we had read and put on shelves and they changed our minds forever, but we didn't need them anymore. So we're like mm. donating all of them to the library. We were like, we don't need those chairs anymore because we were trying <laughs> to figure out like the smallest amount we had to pay to store stuff, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, we're like, 
just, I just remember us when our minds changed and our surroundings hadn't yet. And we were just like Tasmanian devils. Like, what can we do today? You know, and we were, we were pumped. We were excited. Well, plus when we were taking things to Goodwill and we were dropping things off at the church and dropping books off at the library, we were like actually doing something toward our goal, toward our dream. Yeah. And it's, I think that was just prior to you having a date. So it's like we were actually like doing something. Like it, mm. we weren't just talking about it. We were actually changing something in the house that was aligned with the direction we were going. And that was that was a pretty fun feeling. That's that's amazing. And so you guys were going through this process. Uh, and what about the kids? Did they were like were they in school? And how like how did that transition look between the kids? deciding to come and live in the RV with you guys and also with y'all's businesses. Like I know everything wasn't going to line up, but how did at least those two factors, how did y'all kind of uh, coerce those together? So I would say that YouTube is a really powerful tool and we get a lot of emails saying, thank you so much because you finally convinced my fill in the blank, my husband, my wife, my son, my daughter, that we can go live our dream now. And our kids watch YouTube also. And we watch channels and sailing channels, RV channels and international travels with with our kids, that, that the ones that they like. So it's, it, you know, like Earl Nightingale, we become what we think about. And you're kind of the you're you we kind of who we are, who, who we hang out with and what we read and also what we watch. And so when we started watching YouTube, listening to podcasts, we were not doing mainstream TV. We were not getting mainstream ads. We were not getting mainstream Typical. You need this. Yeah, <laughs> you need this now. Yeah, so we we had been away from TV for five years, and it was all YouTube. So we'd finish an episode, and our kids were being like, "Wow, that's really cool." And so the kids would start asking questions, and Trisha and I would talk. You know, we'd start talking about these things, and I would say that would that was pretty significant. So that's your question on how we got like the kids on board. They yeah. they kind of knew through YouTube what what it we was were doing. a clean break too, though, because we finished school and we literally had the day we were going to leave the day after school. But our daughter like begged and pleaded. She's like, there's a graduation party I have to go to. So we moved <laughs> our day one day later and, uh, and then we left. So it was kind of a clean thing, you know, summertime, everybody leaves and goes on break and does something. So it wasn't until school came back that it got a little bit harder. Cause you know, you miss your friends and stuff like that. But I think what's, I think Mark should come in here and really talk about business because that's your um, your group that needs to hear like what it's like to transition on the road. Well, I think the biggest transition for the business was uh, I, I so I've got a couple businesses and, and now of course Keeper Daydream is basically a business so we're running three. But initially I I had a uh, a marketing business and the only problem with the marketing business is that. I did a lot of strategy for my clients, and so that required face-to-face -face meetings. And there were some times where I was really busy meeting with clients. And I, I finally, the, kind of the light bulb went off, and we started deciding what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it. That our business truly needed to be location independent. And I realized that if a business was going to be, and this, I'm speaking really for myself right now, but if a business was going to be ultimately location independent, that I needed to provide a service that uh, was absent of strategy. Uh, I was not able to sit down face to face to kind of work out a strategy. So I started to come up with a, what a, kind of a popular term within location independent businesses is like a productized service. So I took the marketing business that I had and I shifted it over into medical marketing. And then I created a productized service, meaning I would do the same marketing for like the same type of surgeon. So that all the strategy was already baked into my own, let's just say, proprietary system to make it find, find, to make it sound fancy, but it's really not that fancy. <laughs> and and that way, uh, it would be quasi a little bit more subscription based. It would be retainer based, and I'd be able to provide a service that would be the same for everyone. And 
So by providing the same type of service for everyone, it gave me the ability to scale and it gave me the ability to not have to grow a big team when I was growing clients. And so that was kind of the, that was the shift in the business. And it probably took about a year and a half to really make that shift in the business before, I'm not even going to say before I was at the point that we could leave because we weren't, we were not there yet. I knew that I was, let's say 70, 80% of the way there before we left and we just had to go and we just kind of had to hope that it was all gonna I shouldn't say hope but we had to we had to have faith yeah that it was gonna all come like it was a good work when we got on the road well it's so funny because I used to call it the Mark Leach show and so everyone Mark does something he comes to the table and he brings so much so you know his clients not only love him for what he brings to the table but they just love him right <laughs> and so they were like wait a minute you're leaving where are you going? What are you doing? <laughs> and so, and then like, I just remember a few last clients were good friends and they're like, well, we'll do Google Hangouts and you can still participate with the team because like I said, he brings so much to the table that um, it's above and beyond what's in the proposal. Right. And so we're in the RV and Mark is doing these like Google Hangouts, which, you know, our video camera. So we're, I am literally like making everyone be quiet. We can't <laughs> breathe, you know, an RV is a small place. Right. <laughs> And so I just like literally just imagine Caleb like trying to get in the camera because he wants to say hi to everybody <laughs> and Mark holding him off by his chest like and like looking off to the side and being like, do not come over here, <laughs> get quiet, you know. And so, you know, there's there's I say all this because there's levels of transition. You're never going to be totally ready. So if you can get partially ready and make the jump and have faith and not only like just in yourself, you've done hard things before, you can do hard things again. And so you're going to make it, you're going to figure it out. And through that transition, we even figured, okay, well, we have to even get rid of that and and move from one step to the next. But you can't walk through the second door until you walk through the first and you don't know what's going to pop up for you. So, and you know, when we left, we were just documenting our travels. Keep Your Daydream was an idea. It was something that lived in us, not out in the real world. So, um, and now I can say, yeah, it lives in the real world. And I only know that because people give us feedback, but, um, you know, for your listeners, for your audience to really have faith in themselves. Totally. And I mean, you guys were, were hanging out watching, you know, Delos and all these YouTubers living these adventurous lives. So it kind of makes sense that whenever you guys hit the road that you wanted to pick up the cameras and document your travels as well. Well, it's, <laughs> totally. it's, it's, but it's more than that, Heath. We reached the end of YouTube. There was, <laughs> there was no one else. <laughs> and I, I know that a listener right now can relate when you're interested in doing something and that's what you're thinking about. You want everything. You're I mean, hungry. I, I, I put in every possible search term for YouTube. No one else was making content that we <laughs> haven't seen. Trisha might be like, hey, look here. Look at this family. They're doing it. And be like, ah, oh, no, we've seen that too. So it was like an obligation that if we were going to start this, that we were going to chip in. Absolutely. That makes sense. So have you guys kind of, have you kind of weaned off the client business and pretty much doing keep your daydream full time now? No, we have uh, we are doing keep your daydream full time. It's at least 40 hours a week and nothing on the business side has changed. That is also 40 hours a week. <laughs> we work all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing that really impresses me with you guys, because so you haven't done the podcast in like a year, you said? Yeah, I've, I have some stuff in, you know, what do they call it in the bank? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I, you know, we'll we'll release that. But you can only do so many things well. And I'm, you know, 
we're doing YouTube, we're creating a community, we're loving the people that are just coming in. And um, so anyway, that's what we decided to put all of our effort into. And we've kind of put that to the side for the moment. I think what we're going to do, and, and you asked earlier, uh, you know, how do, how do we kind of like manage a lot of the content? I think we just focus on what is the next biggest thing that we can be working on. Right now we're working on a new website because that's kind of the next biggest thing to help us scale. But there is a place for the podcast in Keeper Daydream, and we just have to reformat it in such a way that it makes sense. We probably go back to a seasons model. We don't have it quite figured out, yeah. but we have a lot of different things that we want to do, and, and we have to structure it. And the and the way that we don't get overwhelmed is by just not worrying about the timeline. Like We know we're going to get to it all, but we're just focused on mm. the next thing. You just got to keep working. Don't worry about the fruit. The fruit comes. Just keep working. And you know you know what you love. I love people. My, my degree is in social work, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> so you know I love stories. How did you learn that? What did you do? We don't have enough time in our lives to figure everything out. We have to learn from each other. And so that's why I love what you're doing and what you're providing to your community. And I, I know that I'll continue to do that podcast, whether Mark and I do it together or I do that. But, you know, right now together we sit and we work on YouTube. That's yeah. what we're doing. Totally. And I mean, 40 hours a week and 40 hours on YouTube. And then how many, you guys have been to how many different states since you got your rig a couple of years ago? Let's see. When we left in May, 2016, I think we've been to 38 states in the U.S. We went down to Mexico for three months, which is season two of our channel. And we did, well, we, we, we went all the way down to Sayulita, Puerto Vallarta. Then we went into Guadalajara and tequila, tequila, tequila Mexico. Don't forget that tequila. Oh, so, <laughs> it's so amazing. Uh, and then we went up to British Columbia and we did Tofino and Whistler and Banff. Uh, and then of course in season one, we went up to Montreal. So yeah, three countries, probably just shy of 50,000 miles in 38 states. Oh my gosh, that's just bonkers crazy. So at this point, like, how are you guys feeling? Like y'all, y'all are 18 months in, you still running your business and your YouTube community is growing. So you're probably going to meet up with a lot of really cool people on the road because you're kind of building this digital community. So how are you guys feeling about like where you're at right now as a whole in this whole RVing journey? Well, you started with a really stressful question. I'm getting overwhelmed again. Um, <laughs> one step at a time. One, step at, one a time. step at a time. You know, I think I think right now what has occurred is we've you know we do meetups and so we do meetups in like various places that we meet and or we visit, and it's just it, the people in the community that come up to us and the stories we hear and the people we meet just reiterates well not only the the impact that we're making within people but like how nice everybody is. Oh my and, gosh. Keith, have you met a cooler group of people than our viewers? No. They're pretty cool. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. And so and so now I think we've been doing this long enough where we realize that this is something that we would like to pursue even more. And when I say even more, I don't mean like dedicate more time because we're already dedicating a lot of time. But it's just something that we um, we're getting a maybe a even longer term vision for the type of content we want to create and how we want to make an impact. So, you know, we are thinking about season six, uh, possibly in Alaska next summer. And then we're even thinking stuff beyond that and just different ways that we can contribute to people. So it's, you know, I, I can't speak su super clear on it because I don't know if we know, but we're just thinking long term. Totally. And I mean, you guys are both entrepreneurial. Obviously, you started different businesses. You strike me as I don't know if you guys did this. I did, Alyssa and I, or I don't know if she did. I definitely did this before we hit the road. I kind of sat down and thought about, okay, what would make these six, seven months a success in my mind, which was like, uh, grow my faith, grow closer to Alyssa, grow in my craft, which at the time we were doing a lot of blogging. So it was like learning how to be a better writer, be a better communicator, tell better stories. So it was like, of all the things 
you know, there's all these external metrics that we can measure. But for me, those were the ones that if I walked away from that experience with those three things, then it would be successful. So before you guys hit the road, was there kind of these internal metrics for what would define success on the road for you guys? Well, gosh, success. First of all, I love your metrics. (laughs) They're so awesome. And I love that you have something that you can measure so you can see the growth, you can see the change. I think for us, success in general, it means freedom. And it means being able to do what we want to do and to feel empowered. And, And in order to do that, we know that we have to grow. We know that we have to be hungry. We have to go after the next thing. We have to push ourselves. And, you know, that's one of the coolest things as far as feeling like we're impacting our kids is we see them creating new things that they want to do, new things that they're interested in. And um, they're growing in ways that we couldn't have provided for them in our old lifestyle. And so I feel some days, like I said, when I'm making coffee on the floor this morning, like, ah, So every day doesn't feel successful, but as a whole, I feel like we're making huge strides in our life and in our character and in our, in our growth. Our minds have expanded in ways that we just, if we didn't put ourselves out on the line, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to even know about. Yeah. What would you say was the scariest part of hitting the road for you guys? Overcoming doubt that it was actually going to work. And I think that was the other search I did on YouTube is people say, you know, there were whole, there's so many people that blog and, and make videos about like, if you don't get along exceptionally well with your family or your spouse, do not go RV. And I don't, you know, I don't know why they do that. I don't know if it just ranks well, but that <laughs> fear, fear, I mean, they just really tap into the fear. And I was thinking to myself, geez, you know, I mean, a lot of people that watch our channel now, they know that we get along pretty well, but I mean, do we get along that well? I mean, the kids, I mean, the kids are like in bunk beds, like on top of each other, there's one <laughs> We used to have like three bathrooms. I know. Yeah. And so I was just really nervous. You know, the moment the rubber hit the road is like when we started doing things, like when things didn't renew, when you don't fill out that form so your kids can go back to school, when you do mm-hmm. things where things like dates expire, at that point, you're like, oh, wow, we're like, we're really leaving on May 28th. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to have to come back to Arizona with my tail between my legs going, well, I guess... I guess it wasn't as great as we thought. So just overcoming that fear. And I think what what it was for us is the podcast helped us keep our thinking aligned and helped with the positive thoughts so that we can stay inspired and motivated and just let that doubt stay away long enough for us to actually take that first step. Yeah, let that doubt be a person and tell it, sit down. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. There's There's a lot of really cool, interesting things. I mean, a lot of the people I've interviewed on the podcast, they're running businesses from the road, but they're also creating content and documenting their journey. And I mean, it helps you build this remote community. But at the same time, like, there's really interesting, uh, you know, getting back to the business side of things, there's a lot of really interesting crossovers with creating content and, and business opportunities, like, and the more content that you're creating, you you can create intentional overlap, like, you know, w- I started a software company, um, like a year ago, providing uh, property management for campgrounds, we've been building that and working on just better reservation capabilities for campgrounds and things of that nature and so like the stuff we've been creating on the personal brand side has already helped open doors so for you guys do y'all see yourself like attaching a business model to the content that you're creating or are you just going to keep those two things separate and kind of just keep creating content building community and then doing your business on the side I think that there there could be an opportunity for keep the brand of Keeper Daydream to work maybe in collaboration with some RV related brands or some travel related brands. But I learned um, maybe through some of my failures in previous business experience that 
I now, and, and this might contribute to someone who's listening to this very entrepreneurial because I'm so entrepreneurial that like there was a time where there was a, a new business starting every six months because I'm easily excited about the potential <laughs> of things. Yeah. So it had to be a way to constrain the types of projects that I would get involved in. Otherwise, I would get involved in everything. And so for me, that parameter is I'm only involved in businesses that only I can contribute to or, the, or, or I'm the only person that can bring it to market. So when someone calls up and they say, hey, I've got this great idea. We could do this, this, and this. And I think if someone else can do it, I'm out. Mm. I mean, if, it's, if it's just a really good opportunity or just solving a problem in the marketplace, but anyone can do it, anyone can bring it to the market, I'm out. There has to be something that I bring to the table that only I can bring to the table. And so when I look at business opportunities in that perspective, uh, it, man, it like eliminated like nine out of 10. So, you know, I guess to answer your question, there's an opportunity that like Trish and I and Keeper Daydream, that the way that we would do it would be the only people that can do it. Well, then we'll do it. Yeah. Through that lens is how we decide what we're up to. I love that. And and somebody somebody actually reached out to me a couple of days ago and they're like, I have a business idea but how do I approach a potential partner because I don't want someone to steal my idea? And I've heard that from time to time. And in my mind, if if you're worried about somebody stealing your idea, it, it could mean, not necessarily, but it could mean like maybe you're not good enough to execute on it. Um, because essentially like what you're saying here is like, if there was a business idea that you had, uh, that you guys had, and you, you weren't like, there would probably be no fear with you sharing about it. If you were the only ones or the best ones who could execute on that idea idea, because even if somebody had all the same information, they're not you and they don't have your experience. They don't have your community or whatever. You, you totally hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I mean, if I hear an idea, I'm going to call like five people and be like, I just got this idea. Do you think you can do this? Like, I'm going to try to give that idea away. And you're, so you're exactly right. And, and you know what? And the best, the best idea will not make sense to most people here. They'll be like, you're going to do what? Like, like, I mean, all the people are like, what are you going to do? You're going to create a YouTube channel. You're going to go like travel. Like, like you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there has to be an element like people shouldn't be able to understand a really good business idea. Interesting. That makes, that makes me feel better sometimes. Cause like the past year we've kind of been having these conversations with uh campground booking. And it's one of those things where it's like, I know there's a need here, you know, like as a consumer, I want to be able to make, uh, make it easier to, to book campgrounds online, but to a certain extent, like the market's really fragmented and there's a lot of different approaches to go about it. So sometimes I feel like I'm kind of talking myself into a wheel. Uh, and I'm like, no, I know there's a business here, but yeah, still trying to kind of figure it out. Sometimes it's a little bit messy in the beginning though. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Supposed to be. I love it. Well, last question. You guys already kind of answered this, but as y'all are traveling and building your YouTube channel and you know teaching your kids uh, and traveling around the country in RV, what does success look like for you? Well, Trish alluded to it earlier, and it really is freedom for us. How we can contribute to people. So, that we, I mean, and and I, I know I go back to that, but that's just how we look at business and the and the podcast and the YouTube channel is how are we making an impact on other people's lives because that gives us the most satisfaction and it's the most rewarding. So if we can live the life that we want to live and we're, and we have the freedom to do it while contributing to other people, boom, boom. I mean, there's just nothing else. And, and that's what helps us get through those weird days where we're like, oh, gosh, this is just like, I would just like to have a good Wi-Fi signal or just like to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> have something to be a little bit easier because or a place to sit, you know, that we have like a two seater couch guys. Yeah. We're like sitting on <laughs> bed, like editing a video. I'm like, this is dumb. Okay. <laughs> what is going on and then and then we'll get an email from someone that says thank you so much we you know have finally picked a date and we saw your video on how to pick a perfect rv and we just went out and got a trailer and we're leaving in two weeks it's like yeah. that is so cool 
Yeah. Mm. I, I find myself, it's really helpful to kind of have, I guess, values around creating content because it's kind of that internal, this is my intent of what I'm creating right now. And I do that with the blog and the podcast. So for you guys, when y'all are creating YouTube videos, what is that kind of internal, I hope if nothing else, like people get X out of this? We like to feature the destination as much as possible. So, and then we also like to um, we also like to show off kind of like how our family engages and how our family um, gets along, um, plus a little bit of education either at the destination or as it relates to RV living and, and that type of stuff. But um, so it's really kind of those threefold. We like to inspire people by the destination. We like to provide a little bit of information on what's going on, and then we like to provide a little bit of stuff what's going on with the family. And mainly that kind of evolved because of the feedback of the people watching the show. They're like, hey, I love, I wanna see more of your kids, I wanna see how more you get along, I wanna mm -hmm. see more of the family dynamics, which not everybody likes, but we decided about eight months ago that we were gonna produce videos for our subscribers and not produce videos for like what ranks well on YouTube or like what is gonna get the most views. And I think we decided pretty early on, we're not interested in the numbers. Yeah, we like to see the channel grow and it grows steadily, but we're not interested in just doing videos so that we can get views or it can be monetized. We've well, we've always been like that, Heath. We want a tight, awesome group of friends instead of a flock. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So if it grows, it's going to grow organically and it's going to grow strong. And that's really what we want. I and mean, we want to be able to communicate clearly with the people that are trying to eat up our content. And, you know, the other part is some people are watching, you know, we did a poll and, hey, like, where are you? Are you a weekend warrior? Do you even have an RV? Do you want to go full time? And there's a big group of people that are just, hey, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to see XYZ. I want to see what it looks like. And we're like, come on, welcome. Let's go. <laughs> I want you to feel like you're with us. Because if you were with us, we'd want to chat with you and hang out with you and have dinner. And, and you know, and, and that's just that's what we want our viewers to feel like is that they're hanging out with their friends. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, I'm sure we could have a whole nother long conversation about YouTube, but thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Where can people connect with you guys and follow you? All things keep your daydream. So if anyone's interested in jumping on the YouTube bandwagon and following the adventure and whatnot, all you gotta do is just go to YouTube and type in keep your daydream. And I think there's about 107 videos and we release a new episode every weekend, but then also keep your and keep your daydream on Instagram. Uh, those are mainly most of them. But if you remember keep your daydream in any platform it You'll should pop up <laughs> what, what was it again keep your day i'm kidding all right <laughs> i will link up to all of the uh keep your daydream locations in the show notes and thank you guys again so much for being on the podcast for having us it was awesome heath and hi to everybody who's listening today it was so fun hanging out Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into that episode with Mark and Trisha. If you enjoyed it, make sure to go say hi to them on the social media. And one last thing before you go, Alyssa is currently in the process of releasing her ebook, which we talked about on a recent episode, Living in an RV, Everything I Wish I Knew Before RVing Across America. That comes out on November 14th. So make sure to go pick up Alyssa's book, Living in an RV, on Amazon on November 14th. And thanks again to Passport America for sponsoring this episode. I'll see you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.